this is Whitney. And this is Hysterical Hysterical Women. Women. The podcast that no one asks for about our thoughts about gender in our society. Each week we're going to dissect events macro and micro to determine if we think this week was a win or a loss for feminism. (laughs) Good day. Morning. (laughs) When I was in college, uh, when I was on this performing group called the Young Ambassadors that's been spoken about 90,000 times on this podcast already by every guest. This podcast is actually supported and funded by the Young Ambassadors. Sponsored by Young Ambassadors, which sadly was supposed to have their 50 year anniversary this year that, you know, obviously got canceled. Mm-hmm. But um, we had some people had to stay out with tour hosts when they did it. And uh, one time someone made them beans in the morning. For breakfast and so then everyone would always say morning beans <laughs> i feel like it's a farty breakfast food it's a it's a rough breakfast food for sure like like you're committing for it's a, a gamble because partially yeah but it's also like protein thank you yeah yeah some healthy fats in there some proteins like you're gonna be full all day do you have breakfast today uh, coffee okay also a bold digestive choice yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Did I you- had, yeah, that's my question. I wanted you to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, yeah, it kind of is. Okay, do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had breakfast this morning. It was I made oatmeal for myself, which was nice. But I also had oatmeal for dinner last night. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of oatmeal, and it's kind of I feel like I'm kind of gotten spoiled because John is like a fantastic chef, but specifically with breakfast. So he's been making like a hash every morning with like also eggs, like an omelet and also these like protein pancakes with blueberries. And so my oatmeal feels kind of sad, I guess, compared. But also I was like, you know what? I made myself a meal, which as we also know around this podcast is a big win for me. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't happen in these Mm -hmm. parts. Not in these parts. Also, wow, I just caught a, a glimpse of my reflection. I was like, wow, I look incredible today. You both look amazing. Amazing. Probably our best that we've yeah. ever looked. What did you do for night oatmeal? Just the same thing. It was like, John got this like uh, stuffed crust pizza, which is, I don't know. It's not, I, I'm not, I'm not a Pizza Hut gal. And mm-hmm. so, and obviously did pick up take out um but i just wasn't i wasn't feeling it so i just made myself some oatmeal instead we're talking oatmeal like in the pot or it's like um <laughs> we're talking about the like cinnamon sugar like fill with water mm, neither but kind of in between so mm-hmm. i just get like a big can of quick oats yeah they're like the two minute ones but then i do it with milk and then i add peanut butter and fruit but okay yeah, I mean, that sounds good. But, like, I'm not going to add water to my oatmeal. I don't hate myself. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> We've made a stance. Comment below if you are as affronted by the idea of adding water to your oatmeal. Is this a good podcast today? <laughs> so far, yes. Do you want to tell me what you ate last night since you didn't eat breakfast? We had pasta and then we had these cookies that we made. Ooh, yeah. okay. What I have to talk about cookies, but I want to know what kind of cookies you add. Okay, well, that kind of goes into my question, which is when was the last time you were mad at an inanimate object, but then you had to relax? 
Um, so I'll just segue and then also be talking about the cookies. So I was like, I'm a good baker. I'm yeah, actually you are. good at that. Yeah, you're very and, good. And then I was like, John, what should we make? And he picked this recipe that it's the Allison Roman, like these sh- chocolate chunk shortbread cookies with like a little bit of sea salt. They're awesome. They look so cute. It was like, oh my God, it's going to be like so cute. Guess what? So hard. They were like, they weren't, the, didn't feel like the right consistency. And then I like gaslighted myself into thinking that I put extra flour in. And then when we were, they're supposed to be like sliced cookies so that they're like the perfect shape and they were just falling apart. So we were like Frankensteining them together. And I was just like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need these cookies making me feel like I'm not good at something I know I'm good at in a time where I can't be very good at all the things I'm good at. And I was, but I didn't say all that. And so it was just me being like, you know what? Cool. Yeah. Well, you bake them, Um, which was really (laughs) not true. But John, I think he knew what was going on in my head. He would have been, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I think that's a really relatable story. Like I've, I've in my like daily journal musings, I've realized that the, the thing that I think I'm the most struggling with is just feeling like I'm not in control of literally anything, you know? And like, I think that's just the, like people with anxiety always have that problem. And then, and now like the whole world is in on that also where we're all just like, we don't have control over these things that we should have control over. And like being limited in like what, how much you can exercise and where, like I was telling John yesterday, I'm like, even though I probably don't leave my apartment that much more in like normal times, I feel like just because I can't now is like making me like go crazy. Yeah. Um, but also with that story, we um, on our last grocery pickup picked up cookie dough, just like the um, like Nestle, whatever. But we got the like giant cookies, um, and which actually are not that giant. I have to say they're just like, like if I were making the serving size, I would be like, this is just a normal size cookie. But um, when I made them and, and then ate them, I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to make cookie dough literally ever again. Partially because I don't love baking as much, but also I was like, these aren't like, obviously the homemade cookie dough that I make, that's like my mom's recipe is better. But I was like, these are good and took like two minutes. So I think that out of this experience, I learned I'm never making cookies again. And I'm learning to not um, put so many expectations on cookies. Because guess what? They turned out great. And oh, that, I bet they did. That's the biggest issue is that like at, at, when we served it, it was like, oh my God, these are amazing. And I was like, yeah, w- why couldn't it have been fun? Mm, that's hard. That's hard. So we're learning. We're moving. Yeah. I love, I love bot cookie dough. I love real cookie dough. Yeah. Cookie dough in all, all, all shapes and sizes. I, you know what I actually love though? What? <sighs> Those mate right it's not right aid but it's like that it's those mixers that are like oh. kind of 1950s mm-hmm. i'm like kitchen aid kitchen aid right yeah <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's one here and it is a delight to you yeah but then it's also because like we have one and that we got for our, our wedding and it's so cute and it's red and like i love it but then it also like then you literally especially cookies you just put everything into the 
into the kitchen right. which is why it's so amazing yeah but then it's also like wait i'm not really doing anything like it kind of takes the fun part out also like having to actually cream the butter you're like my whole life actually went into making this cookie right oh, right i don't know yeah but i think there it's one of those things that like i think probably gives you like a pretty high endorphin hit the first time you use it and then afterwards you're like huh that's yeah. That's that's what it is. But it obviously, you know, I don't think everyone just cooks for pleasure. Like I, I bake and cook so rarely that it's only if I want to do it for an activity, mm-hmm. which is like not why most people cook and bake. Like most people are doing it to like get it done efficiently. So yeah, those are my thoughts on KitchenAid. Comment below if you want. Mine is that one. I need to get married so I can get one, but then maybe I can just buy one sometime. Yeah, that's kind of like the whole plight of like influencers where it's like, okay, do I want to get famous enough that people send me free things or do I just want to make money so that I can buy the free things and then not have to tell people about it? I do like both. That's a good point. And then you have two of each. (laughs) Noah's Ark. And then you can just like give them away. Yeah, for charity. Did you say Noah's Ark? I thought you said Ozark and I was like, that's a show I haven't watched. And then I realized you said Noah's Ark and I was like, I have watched that show. You're like, I grew up on that show. Um, <laughs> Can I also say, I saw this tweet about how church is just a book club. And I laughed and laughed and laughed at that. I thought that was so funny. That's good. Yesterday, I kind of, I John found out that I was never baptized. Huh. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah. And I, I, I kind of don't think that I came off like I was telling you that I was. <laughs> but it's like the time where he was like, you wear contacts, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> Wait, I, you know what? I never, I mean, I've stayed in the like hotel with you enough to know you don't wear contacts, but you have glasses. So <laughs> yeah, maybe I also assumed you wear contacts. Wait, why? Okay, question, forgive my ignorance. Are Jewish people baptized? No. But I'm, you thought I, it was like the Catholic side? I'm just like riding like right down the middle, like not really on either, like right. emotionally on either team, but like not, we didn't do any of the things. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just like, because to me, if, if I were to, like, that's what I, I would not have assumed that you were baptized, I don't think. But if I were to assume that you had been culturally brought into one of the religions that your parents were I would have assumed that it was that you had gone into the Jewish faith not Catholic yeah but then I would have had to have a bat mitzvah and that is a lot you know what you didn't have one huh (laughs) no (laughs) that kind of I'm glad that I didn't miss it at least you know what I mean yeah it I mean it would have been a, a hoot and a half yeah Maybe we could celebrate that. I think that I should get baptized and have a bat mitzvah. Maybe all online. Would that, <laughs> would that be a fun thing? I feel honestly like the best thing that ever happened to me was that my birthday was a week before all of this went down because I feel so sad for everyone having to celebrate their birthday right now. I know my good friend's birthday is today and we're having a Zoom call. That's, I'm like... And like, thank goodness for Zoom, but I'm just like, that's hard. No, I know. So shout out to all of those shout out wonderful warriors. This like we have our healthcare heroes, but then we also have our birthday heroes. Yeah. I just Lesser, but still good. When this is all over, everyone feels like they can have their birthday again. Yeah. Let's be in favor of that. I'm pro that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 
And that is my religion. <laughs> and you'll get baptized into that religion. Get baptized at every at every um, post COVID nineteen <laughs> birthday party. <laughs> Do a little barakata, dip me in some water. Ayo. <laughs> Are we going to be sued by the Catholic Church? <laughs> Probably. I I don't know. Do we know any single Catholic person who would be listening to this? I don't. Maybe my mom lapsed. Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom's like, I have way more interesting things to do than listen to your podcast. Honestly, though, she's like, didn't catch that one. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Which I would say, fair. Do you want to get started? Yeah, let's do some of it stuff. Some stuff. Some stuff, stuff. Do you want me to start? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to start out with one, and I'm just going to let you know that this is a stretch, but uh, (laughs) stretch to be a win, I guess. But this week was Equal Pay Day on March 31st, and that I the the headline that I read about that was on CNN. It's like this week is equal, like today is Equal Pay Day, but that's not something to celebrate because Equal Pay Day is not celebrating having equal pay. It's the day that's like chosen every year based on so it changes every year when it is and it's the day of the year that it would take a woman to have earned the same amount as a man earned in the previous year so it's like a bummer that it happened at the end of march um but i did a little bit more research and i found out that this is actually i i didn't look every year i looked every year back to the last 10 years on what day it happened and then i kind of looked by five years five year periods um, and like in the six, in like 69, I think was the first year they celebrated it. And it was like in June or something. So now it's in March. This is the first year that it's ever been in March. So even like last year, it was like April 3rd, April 4th, April, like, anyway, so it, that like, it's kind of I like, I think part of the reason that the article is like, this is something is not something to celebrate is because right now we're in what like a lot of people are considering the third wave of feminism and especially with like the Me Too movement and kind of feeling like that was like another big, like busting through the doors and making progress. And so I think people were like, yeah, it would have been nice if it had hopped more than like three days instead of, because there's been so much change. But um, I think it's in the last like five years, it's moved forward by like two weeks, um, which I think is progress. And so I'm claiming that as a win. Um, And then something I also thought was interesting. So this equal pay day is like the generalized day for like all women of when, when women would receive equal pay, but there's a list of by other racial groups made compared to white men and their equal pay day for 2020. So Asian American and Pacific Islander women, their equal pay day is February 11th. Um, Black women is not until August 13th. Native American women is October 1st. And Latina women is November 2nd. Which means that for every $1 that a man is making, Latina women are making 54 cents. That's insane. Yeah, it's a big, 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 big bummer. Um, Women in general made... 82% 82% of what men made last year. And then, and like in 1969, it was 60%. But obviously when you break it down by uh, race, it's still like very grim statistics. Yeah. It, it will be interesting to see what this economic, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a healthcare crisis, but also economic crisis will do because with so many people going on unemployment, which is a blanket equalizer, 
it will be interesting to see when it when it shakes out that people go back to work if if this will change. I don't know. That's a good point. If it like maybe could be like a reset for like rehiring and a lot of uh, yeah, I was listening to this art this podcast that talked about how um, like during financial crises are when most like that's when like I'm probably messing this up, but I think it was like when like Facebook, Google like all these big, huge master companies all launched during a financial crisis. Mm. And I think that like, it is obviously so bad for so many companies, but I think it also is going to wipe out a lot of companies that, and kind of like create room for new, big, hopefully more innovative, hopefully more progressive companies as well. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Speaking of kind of innovative companies and increds seg into my macro, my topic is, uh, so officially it was the 17th, but whatever, what is time in this time of COVID? So I'm going to talk about it now. Um, It was an article written um, about The Wing, which if you don't know about it, it's this um, women-centric new workplace institution. It's like a WeWork, but it's so much more aesthetically minded. It's very Instagrammable. Um, There's like a wait list of 9,000 people to get on. It's like $3,000 a year, but it, it was born out of this idea for women to finally kind of have a place specifically in the city, but now it's um, kind of across the country and also in select places in Europe to kind of where they can like unwind and charge their phones and like take a shower and kind of like a, 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 a an opportunity of solace in a very like male dominated role. Um, and in theory, that's great. Right. Like, and it's a, it's a, a woman CEO. Um, but this article was talking about how um, it, the title is, the wing is a woman's utopia unless you work there. And it was about the kind of huge disconnect between like the philosophy, the outward philosophy of the wing and the treatment of their patrons and then their treatment of their employees. Mm. And so it like followed a lot of different stories, but specifically there was this one, this like mistreatment of this one employee who is like a non-binary first generation Liberian American um, who like, I think first off, it's, I mean, here's the problem. It's like, it, it the wing is also a product of capitalism and like the idea that, I don't know, like, it's like, a, it's a company. Um, and, but that like, they were being used for marketing purposes to kind of like, be like, we have like non-white people, like we're super inclusive, but then it really not being that then like the clientele is predominantly white and that that they were just being used for the company. And then also just like this, this mistreatment of employees by guests and kind of this like huge divide between the employees and the guests, even though kind of in the mission, um, the employees were kind of sold an idea of like upward mobility in the company, as well as like super opportunity, like so much opportunity. And like when you're not working, you can have, um, you you're invited to like work at the wing, but like they were still treated as employees on their time off. And I mean, like it's hard because it's like what parts of these are just parts of being a company and are being super hyper analyzed because it's like, 
a, a woman CEO and like a woman run country, uh, company. But I'm also like, if you're selling this concept of like, this is a place for women, I feel like the first people you should be serving are your employees so that it's like a bubbling up effect. And I think what either initially, and I don't, I don't know about like how it's being restructured now, if like, if it was already in the works or if um, because of this article, they're going to be under more scrutiny and change, but it feels very much that it's like, as long as it's aesthetic and like looks Instagrammable and like the clients are being treated perfectly, then then it doesn't really matter about the employees. And and that's like how the mistreatment was happening. I don't know. It's just kind of this like, like in concept, it's a great idea. And and like, I love that they have so many great people coming and speaking and, and it is a place for like women's minds to get to working. But it's also like, it's not, it's clearly not practicing everything it preaches. That's hard. Yeah. And like, I feel like as someone who you know like we work in a male-dominated industry and um and I think also I feel like I'm like have been an outsider but like a part of a lot of boys clubs kind of in that same way and like having that idea of something is so appealing and feeling like a refuge and um you know just kind of like a safe space and like also a place to network and meet other like-minded individuals and stuff like that But then it also kind of, I don't know, like when you were talking, it kind of reminded me of like when I first moved to the city and was working at Equinox, which is kind of like that same, it's that same price point. People are going because they want something that's like a specific, like a certain, like you're not just going Equinox because you want to work out, right? Like you want the amenities, you want the aesthetic and things like that. And so um, that it, and even though like as an employee, you are allowed to work there, like it just, anytime you're working with, um, like a clientele that is paying specifically to be treated a certain way and to have a certain experience. And then like employees there, at least when I was working there, we were paid like, I don't know, it was like $12 an hour or something. And so um, I think it was even less than that, but it just is like such a big disparity between the way that, I don't know. So it's, it's hard. And it's like, when you know how much people are paying, then they probably can't afford to pay the employees better. <sighs> it's hard. But then it's also like, if you like, I remember when I was working there, I would never work out at the location that I worked at because it's like, even if my managers weren't and whatever, weren't doing anything, if the customers then saw me there, they'd be like, can you help me with this? And I'm like, no, I'm working. Like, it's just hard to get out of people's mindset in that way. And so, yeah, that's unfortunate. I also saw some things that people just felt like it wasn't. Um, people who had joined were like, this isn't really an all-inclusive place. This is kind of just a place for like white women. <laughs> you know, when you look at the, uh, the, the numbers and how much every race of a woman is making, like we just were with that, um, with like equal pay day, you can see how it can kind of just become one demographic of women's place who can afford $3,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the icing on the cake is that the CEO was the model for Marnie on girls, like that actual woman, Audrey Gelman. And then she was actually in girls playing that character, Audrey, if you remember, who was like the new girlfriend of Marnie's old boyfriend. That's amazing. I was just like, Oh wow. And then I was like, Wow. 
But also that just makes so much sense that that woman is part of that community that like is so reflective of its creators and of these just kind of like New York kind of elitist, not very (laughs) self-aware. I know. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I was like, she didn't audition for that part. And then I was pissed. (laughs) But then I was like, she was good at that part. Huh. Huh, maybe acting's actually not that hard. Yeah, maybe and what it came out of this is that maybe acting's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) And I was at the pictures of the wing and I was like, it's pretty. And I have a couple friends who like work there, like are clients there as and also some people that I know that like are employees and I've only heard good so it's like, but also those are white women. So it's like there we go. (laughs) I know. Well, and also, I mean, I'll bring up the podcast later because I wanted to highlight it, but I was listening to this podcast with uh, one of the creators of Zipcar and basically she and the co-creator had a, like, well, she was the creator. She brought her first employee that she brought on ended up firing her (laughs) and um, it was a big bummer. But like when, when asked about it, she's like, I just left because getting a huge lawsuit would have tanked the company because like we're so much like it would have the media would have attacked it as like two women can't get along and so I think it is like like I'm sure there are a zillion clubs like that out there for men that are like no one would even bother writing an article about so and there 1000 percent are and so like that was the other thing it was like are we being so harsh on this because it's women obviously the answer is yes (laughs) and yes um so I think I don't know what that is it's like it's like kind of a, a lateral move for feminism, but it's okay. also, I think it's a loss. I'm going to say I'm going to sign up for the wait list and hopefully by the time I'm accepted, then I can afford it. And then I'll let you know if it's a win or a loss. Oh, um, actually, thank you, Whitney. You're welcome. <laughs> um okay well the other one i had was i just wanted to highlight that yesterday was transgender day of visibility and so another fun fun day and that is unlike equal pay day it is always on march 31st and um so yeah i just wanted to give a shout out to our uh trans friends and family and just say that we love them and see them and then i also just wanted to share a couple of ways um that we can be better allies love um So here are some ways to be a trans and non-binary ally. Um, The first one is you can't tell someone's gender by looking at them. So if you don't know someone's pronoun, just ask. Um, Second one is use gender neutral language, like saying, hey, everyone, instead of, hey, guys, or hey, ladies. I do that Your favorite, (laughs) y'all. Yes, I love y'all. Everyone should say y'all. The third one is to educate yourself and not rely on um, trans and non-binary people to do it for you or to like, you know, answer all the questions. I feel like do some research yourself if you're super comfortable with someone and have, I don't know, I guess it's like you have to toe the line of like, I don't know, like you don't want to erase and make assumptions about people, but also like trying to do the research yourself. Um, advocate for gender neutral bathrooms at your business or school. Don't tolerate transphobic jokes or comments when you hear them. Don't question the experiences of others, which I thought was really like just a good life life note. But when someone's like, hey, this is really hard, instead of being like, oh, well, that person probably didn't mean it. Just being like, yeah, that was really hard. And I'm sorry that happened. And then if you know someone who's trans or non-binary, be understanding and supportive. 
so obviously open to other ways as well. But I thought that was a good start. Definitely a good start. Didn't you have one? Did you already share this on the podcast? Because you were telling me one time, and I feel like it was maybe just in a conversation about not apologizing. It, it was on the pod, but it was it was when you misgender them, not to say sorry, but instead to be like, I, I hear you because if you say sorry, then they have to say, no, it's okay, which undermines, uh, uh, which makes them have to be apologetic or kind of then hold on to, like it, it puts the onus on them to to hold your emotions. Hold your emotions when you can just be like, I hear you. I'm learning. I Thank got you. Thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you for correcting me. Yeah. yeah. So that's my second one. That was great. Um, mine is about how John and I are, will he ever finish Killing Eve and Killing Eve season three? Which, if you don't know, it's a Phoebe Waller Bridge creation. Uh, it's got Sandra O, oh, who I will never stop talking about, and Jodie Comer. If you haven't watched it, get on it. It's on, I haven't watched it. You haven't? It's, it's so, okay. It's beautiful. The acting's incredible. It is so juicy. And then it also is what I wanted to highlight is that I just like, as I'm rewatching it, just remembering how much of a subversion of the form and genre it is. So it's like a, like a government agent tracking this serial killer, which like, you know, it could be two men doing that or it could be like a man chasing but what, what's interesting is it's two women um and it's a female ser- serial killer uh which is just everyone is like well women never kill and um which is so fun with her getting to kind of play with empathy and like what it means to be a woman serial killer um and then eve sandra o's character is like in her marriage, I I guess like kind of in the generic um, like man and woman marriage, like she definitely takes on more of the like quote unquote like male character. Like she's a little bit more of like the aggressor, and her husband is kind of this like scorned lover, like left at home while she goes like out around the world to like catch this serial killer that she's like in love with. I don't know. It's just like it's so much playing with expectations of the form and then also what a what a who a protagonist is because you're so fascinated by this female serial killer that I, I mean I'm like rooting for her but she's like murdering so many people spoiler um I don't know I As think serial killers do <laughs> it's not a spoiler because that's what serial killers do I don't know it's just it's so interesting and it, it's just like it's so clear that the point of view is through these women and then also that like the creative team is so aware of that that the show is just like such a perfect world so the third scene's coming out on April 12th so you have time to actually binge the first two seasons perfect maybe I will honestly I think I've been trying to figure out what I like I watched you know a lot of reality last week which or not reality I guess but like docus kind of stuff and I think I'm just trying to figure out what I'm in the mood for during quarantine like I normally don't like watching things that are dark because it gets too deep into my psyche too quickly but I feel like I'm like, well, maybe now that would, like I, I was rewatching um, Pirates of the Caribbean and I feel like first off that movie really holds up. Um, but also the first one. Kind of, yeah. I started watching the second one. Bad. Yeah. It was never as good. Never, never, never. But like, so such a slide back, gotta say. I mean, yeah. 
But the first one is like a perfect film. I mean, mm-hmm. minus like the allegations around Giant Up, but like I, it really is like such a fantastic movie. And it kind of felt like I feel like because it was like a a story that's so heightened and chaotic, but in like a fantasy world, it felt like relief to watch during this <laughs> pandemic, you know, because it's like the same energy, but just like channeled in a different way. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe that is, maybe I would be more open to watching things that are darker now because it just feels more like real life. <laughs> yeah. Cause sometimes it's hard to like watch a sitcom right now. Cause you're like, yeah, you guys don't know what's up. Yeah, I don't know. I actually though have been I I'm we just got Disney Plus because that has like literally every movie it turns out. Um everything is owned by Disney, but um they we re, John hadn't seen Boy Meets World and I had him watch the pilot and like to be honest that show also really holds up. And as a like 12 or 13 year old actor, he's like very good and very funny and has like incredible timing. I mean, it's a it's still a 90s sitcom, but like the writing is good. Like watching that also felt kind of nice to just be like something that feels so, so distant that you can kind of like escape that way. I don't know. I know that I just said that you have to watch Killing Eve, but I, I actually very much agree that everyone should be watching exactly what they want to be watching that like <laughs> makes them feel settled. Cause I don't think Killing Eve is going to be settling for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. We're all just eat, trying to eat the cookies the kind of cookies we need to eat in this coronavirus time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a metaphor. That's That's a metaphor. That's a hill to die on. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Do you have a, wait, so do you think this is a win or a loss? I think your first one was a win, right? The first one I determined was a win. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say it was like a a loose win. (laughs) Sure. I think we need a win. I think we need to win. Great. Um, do you have an artist you want to highlight? I have two. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, double, 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 double. Do you remember the Mary Kate Ashley movie where they like double, double, trouble, trouble? Yeah. That Wait, was what? scary. That was creepy though, right? It was like Halloween-y or they were like running from... Okay, I have to like Google this. Yeah, that was so... I actually still think about that and I'm still scared actually. Yeah, it's called Double Double Toil and Trouble. Also, why did I never have parents around? Parents were always out of the picture. Always. But it wasn't like they were like like abandoned child children. Like that was never part of the storyline. No, they were just like like at work. Okay, what about that other one where they get locked in like SeaWorld? Do you remember that? And there maybe this is the same one and there's like a clown and there's like someone that they think someone is in a body bag, but then it wasn't. Oh my gosh, I have to Google this. Mary, Kate, and Ashley. Clown. You know well, I have to say when I was like 16 even my one of my friends and I were like let's have a Mary-Kate and Ashley party and watch all of those movies and we like couldn't even as 16 year olds were like no this isn't like like this it just was so boring and bad because it's made for like five-year-olds um switching goals though switching goals also passport to Paris I think that was one of the best ones what about billboard dad I don't know what that premise was on that one it was that they bought a billboard to to do like a personal ad for their dad to help them were, find a girlfriend. 
And they were always at a pool, right? It feels like it. Yeah. Also, okay, one that's one that they had parents. The other one, the Australian one, Under the Sun or whatever. Yeah, Down Under. Yeah, that was a bop. Um, no, but what was that one? You know what the um, really good one is? That's actually them older, so it kind of like has a structure, is the one where they're at the Model UN. Is that like the New York Minute one? No, that's a trash movie. Um, that, I was going to say, that one didn't feel good. <laughs> that one felt bad. It's the one where they're uh, winning London. I, I remember that one a lot less. I think you'd love it. I think actually we're always trying to write neat, uh, winning London <laughs> in our work. I would believe that. They oh, like, oh, I remember the one. The one that I actually think is their best work is... Oh, she is it called like It Takes Two? <gasps> I mean, <laughs> that holds up. I watched it recently. I did too. Twenty-six-year-old <laughs> woman, amazing. It's so good. Actually, the a different twin movie, but the impetus for signing up for Disney Plus is because I want to rewatch The Parent Trap. I did that the other day too, and the I was watching it at a babysitting house, and I got so much shade from the mom. She was like, "That's a choice," and I was like, "It's amazing." So why why would she throw that kind of hate into the universe? I don't know. I don't know why she would do that, but yeah, that's a great movie. It takes two is a great movie. Oh, Christy Alley, and it takes two as the like. You get you better get. And, she's and like, the macaroni that'll do. That'll do. Oh yeah, the macaroni and the hair and the. What is Those movies really hold up, and someone just needs to write us a big fat check to write this generation's version of those movies. Absolutely. We'll Let's put that it. into the universe. <clears throat> okay, um, my artists. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Kate. Ash, no. <laughs> um, one's Jodie Comer, who's in Killing Eve, because she does so many good accents, and she's inspired me to try to do an accent a day so I can like check more off on my like special skills. Um, I love that. Yeah, so I'm gonna try to do Russian today, and we'll see how it goes. Ooh, Madarasha. Madarasha. Yeah. Um, um, wait, can I say one more thing about the Olsen twins that yeah. I just was thinking about while you were talking about Jodie Comer? <laughs> Is that Mary Kate Ashley's fashion line? Do you know about this? They have this like fashion line and it's like, I don't remember what it's called, but it's called like, it's called like, let's say it's called Russell and Sarah or whatever. And their siblings are named Russell and Sarah. Like it's the name of their two siblings, but they, they're, when, when they've been asked, they're like, oh, it's named after your siblings. And they, they always say no. <laughs> Wait, Elizabeth, Elizabeth oh. is one of them. Is yeah yeah no i think you're right but it's like Russell. it's like elizabeth and like but the brother has like a like a less common name anyway. and is, this is their their adult line i think it is i feel like i don't know it could have been a while ago oh we should meet them yeah we should you're right also you should play a mean step mother thank you i've literally been thinking that and dreaming of that my whole life like you could, you could be in either of those movies as that woman. That like, yes, thank you. I, when she's like, like, I, I feel like I'm Meredith from The Parent Trap, yeah. mostly because of my disdain for hiking and camping. But not hiking, like I, I liked hiking with you, but not like real hiking. <laughs> <laughs> um, that the physical comedy with the newt 
And she's like, yeah. and it sticks. It's so it's so good. It's so good. Okay, my other Oh yeah, yeah. My other I, okay, I won't bring them up one more time, I promise. The other one is my friend Amani, because the other night they went through like their children poems and just read them in the most like art, like like poetry reading you way and there was one about going out when you're 30 and drinking coffee and it the structure was just like why because why stop asking me why okay yes and it literally like made my day um and they're an incredible musician and actor and always putting cool stuff out so if you want to check them out Imani, Imani the cowboy that's their instagram yeah um but i was just like i would like to see more i'm not home so i feel like everyone else who's home should be reading their childhood poetry out loud to me and sending me baby pictures of when we were doing stuff together this is a psa i just like have so much respect for anyone who can read their poetry out loud no matter what age they wrote it Because I like to write poetry, but it no one will ever, ever hear it. Not one single person. I bet it when you look back, it's going to be funny. Yeah, that's maybe why it's so embarrassing to me now. I just They kept being like, um, I'm just going to read a couple from this collection. And it was like <laughs> like a construction, but like paper book. Oh, I love that. That's actually my humor. <laughs> that is good. That's so good. Who are your artistes? Um, so I just have a podcast that I want to hi- highlight and it's called Going Through It and it's actually produced by MailChimp, but it's talking about um, it, about women and the decisions that like these like kind of breaking points that they had in their careers mm-hmm. and it's all, yeah, I, I guess I just said it's all women, but um, it's cool. They're, like I listened to this one that was the, the woman who invented Zipcar and then um, this like comedian who had her and her wife had their own uh, television show that got shut down. So it's kind of like when you hit a setback, setback in your career, deciding like if you want to keep going or if like what part to like just kind of like cut the cord and just just let it let things go. Um, and it's been really interesting. I think honestly, I think it's been help healthy and helpful for me. Like as much as I like listening to my favorite podcast now, sometimes it's hard because when, when people are continuing to make them now and then just like, like we are talking about it being in coronavirus times, <laughs> like sometimes I think it's easier to talk, to like hear something that like is so unrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of like give yourself a little mental break about like, Oh yeah. Like at some point things are going to go back to normal and like life will resume as normal and I'll, Anyway, so I like it. It's called Going Through It, and they highlight a lot of really cool women on there. We love that. Yeah. We love that. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear more of one of your accents that you've been practicing. Will you sign up? Well, I really the just, I've just been doing Australian because I know how to do that, and then I say that's every perfect. day that I was working on it. Okay, well, well that's what I want to hear. Yeah, okay, so here's my Australian accent, and we're just going to sign off and say thank you so much for listening. This is kind of going into British. Oh, God, someone's going to sue me. Um, it's Yeah, I need, I, I need to work on all of them, really. Uh, oh, I wish we were doing that movie again where I got to do an Australian accent, and that was basically the whole premise. 
That's true. One time we literally wrote a short film so that Nora could play a character with an Australian accent. (laughs) Now I can't even really do it. It's British now. Oh, I'm sorry. I actually have to go and I have to work on this. (laughs) You're doing amazing. Thanks, honey. (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you listened. If you like the pod, hit subscribe and leave us a review. Also, if you have a macro event that you'd like us to cover, slide into our DMs on Instagram at Hysterical Women.